Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is Tuesday, July 26th, 2022. And on today's show, Max Raymond is joining us. We will discuss the Nationals' win last night, 4-1 to against the Dodgers in Los Angeles, two in a row for the Nats. And then we'll get Max's thoughts on where Juan Soto might land and which guys are on the block. I shared my thoughts yesterday about which guys I thought would get moved. Max will give his thoughts today. That's all coming up and more on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, joined by Max Raymond today of District on Deck. I want to thank you guys first for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. You guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well, as well as LO underscore Nationals on Twitter. All right, Max. Two in a row, baby. Oh, yeah. The yes, Nats sir. are getting yes, hot. Sir. Well, the first off, thanks for having me back, man. Of course, always. But, I mean, you know, look, I, I talked about this the other day, and I, I always have set this thing up. The Nationals are 33 and 65. They're 27 games back at first place. They're 15 and 36 at home. They're 18 and 29 on the road. They have a minus 159 run differential. They've won two in a row. There's three and seven in the last 10 games. I, I was talking about this, Max. Like, I, I love the way that they came back and won the Arizona game. I really, I, I just thought that for a team whose minds looked like they were elsewhere and for a team that they got the all-star break, but their best player was all anybody could talk about. And it felt more mental. It felt like I, we, we all kind of need an all-star break now uh, because we were, you know, we were busy during the all-star break talking about all of this Juan Soto stuff and obviously Josh Bell. And so it was really, you know, tiring kind of just talking about the Juan Soto side of things and also talking about the Nationals franchise side of things, right? The future, all that kind of stuff just for them to go out there and kind of suck the first two games. And then you have the Victor Robles clown thing for them to, to fight back the way they did and to win that game on Sunday was impressive. And then last night, you know, come from behind and, and beat the Dodgers, you know, a, a, I mean, <laughs> the really good Dodgers team. Like it's, it's just nice to have some positive vibes. Is it not? I agree. I got a few things. One, Nats are one to know when Victor Robles wears a clown nose. Just putting it out there. Yeah. Um. Two. It was great because the Do- last night the Dodgers fans were chanting, you know, for Juan Soto specifically because they really want to land them, understandably, and they were just like give him, you know, like the home crowd treatment. And what did he do? He went out and hit a two RBI, a two run RBI triple to pretty mm-hmm. much put the nail in the coffin and cost them the game and win the game for the Nats. Well, that was great just to see him be like, no, 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 no. I'm still in that right now. Like, take this. And right. um, I mean, it was great because Paul Espino, short leash, which was very ballsy by Davey. I kind of, I was kind of shocked, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, let's see how this plays out. And the bullpen was absolutely nails yesterday and today. Oh my God. Or not yesterday. All right. Yesterday and like the day before. Oh mm. my God, man. Kyle Fingen throwing 98 in the ninth inning. Carl Edwards Jr. letting out the loudest roar after stranding two on. And then um, having the bases loaded and getting out of it uh, by, I want to say that was Andres Machado, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, 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 Machado, yeah, Machado came in right after Espino. 
Arano, Harvey, Edwards Jr., and then Finnegan mm-hmm. all gave you an inning. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was, you know, it was refreshing to see like them. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. Uh, it, it's so funny because I was talking about Paulo Espino's trade value. And you know, just because I was going over every single guy on the roster, it's like he's not a starter at all. And I, I think that's why you saw him get the hook, right? He's a guy who's starting because he has to. I mean, think about the last two seasons, Max. This is not a guy who started off as a starter, right? It's a guy who has had to assume a starting role because of how the team has performed, you know, injuries, whatever. They just need him to do it. And last night, you know, this is a guy now who who is really, I mean, the numbers for him, the amount of time that he's pitched this year is really starting to pile up. He's pitched over 60 innings. This season has a 3-4-8 ERA on the year, and this is not a high strikeout guy. This is a guy who just knows how to use his stuff in a lot of instances and, and you know try to be effective. And look, the month of uh, July hasn't been great so far, but this was a nice little start for him. And you know he's just a solid, solid pitcher. And this was a, you know this was a there's a lot of hullabaloo. Tough environment goes in there going up against the guy Tony Gonsolin and. You know, he, he gets the Nats off to a nice start. Davey makes a decision to pull a plug at 50-some pitches. But, you know, Paulo Espino is just the quiet guy who goes about his work. I, I don't think the Nationals are going to trade him. Uh, I'm not sure what the market is for Apollo Espino, uh, just as a guy who eats innings. But, like, he is – you have to commend that guy for what he's done the last two years because he's performed pretty well on a team that's not performing well. And this is, like, the first time he's done it in his career, and he's, he's mid-30s. I agree. I mean, and I I agree with you that I doubt he gets moved, but there's some teams to keep an eye out on on the off chance because um, 62 innings, 3.48 ERA, a 4.51 um, fielding independent pitching, which isn't terrible. And off the top of my head, the Cardinals and the Blue Jays need pitching, mm. and he would be a step up over some of the guys they have right now, um, especially Toronto. They have three-fifths of a rotation. And they could drastically use an Espino type guy. Yeah, it's you know that 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 would be interesting. And also, hey, it's not like the Nats hadn't hadn't trade with the Cardinals before, right? And, and remember or last Toronto. year, or Toronto, right? Or Toronto, yeah. All, both last year they get they made trade and actually got two players that you and I both like. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Riley Adams not the season that we hoped for, for a variety of reasons. But yeah. um, you know, Lane Thomas like is a major league player who's played for them, and John Lester is now retired, so. Uh, kind of tells you how that trade went for the Nationals. Yeah, and, and then, you know, the, I talked yesterday, and I want to get your thoughts about this back part of the bullpen. Look, the Nats have dealt with a lot of injuries towards the back part, right? We never even got to see Will Harris. Um, obviously, Tanner Rainey went down recently. Sean mm-hmm. Doolittle, Tyler Clipper, Mason Thompson. I mean, you go through it like they've had guys go up and down and up and down, it feels like, all year long. And, and not just injuries, you know, guys like Jordan Weems who have been up and down. And then, uh, you know, they've had uh, – uh, who's the other guy they had? I'm totally blanking. Uh, well, obviously, Sam Clay goes up and down like every week it feels like. I feel like I, every single week I see that Sam Clay is either being recalled or being, you know, sent back or optioned down at AAA. Um, so they've had a really difficult time with bullpen sustainability. And I think – it's my opinion that two of your three guys in the back, Steve Ciszek, um, uh, Kyle Finnegan, and Carl Edwards Jr. are going to be traded. Um, 
I, I think C-Sheck and Edwards are probably the most likely candidates. They're both on one-year deals. But the, the Nets, really, out of the guys they should trade the most, I definitely think Carl Edwards Jr. is number one because this is a guy that nobody else wanted, right? And he has come up and he has performed really well. And here's the thing. He has a couple bad outings, but like after Max, after his bad outings, he always strings like six or seven really good outings together. And that is so valuable down the backstretch for a baseball. I mean, think about this. Any team in a spot, you know, your, your, your New York Mets, your Atlanta Braves, who just need guys to give them solid innings in the bullpen the rest of the year. You know, if I had to rank them, power rank them, uh, most likely to get traded, I'd say Edwards one, C-Sheck two, Finnegan three. But I think two of those three guys go. What are your thoughts? So out of not just the Nats, but out of most of the bullpen arms that might be traded at the deadline, in my opinion, Carl Edwards Jr. is the one most important. He might not have the best numbers or stuff right now, but he his playoff, um, his playoff history, he has a rank. He went on deep mm. runs with the Cubs. He's pitching the World Series. He's pitching multiple NLCSs. He's pitching multiple NLDSs. So he has the experience that he can bring to a team trying to get over the hill. So I agree with you, plus the fact that he's under contract for next year. And as you said, he's stringing together six, seven, eight uh, outings in a row. And that's what you need. You In the playoffs, if a guy gets beat up more than not, they're going to fall apart. He has showed that he will, if he gives a bad outing, he'll come up the next day and dominate. Um, and that's, I agree with you on that front. And I believe, I don't think the Nats will get the best haul for him, but I do think whoever gets him will be getting a valuable piece that will like be a strong, but strong I think, guy I think he might be a guy they attach. You know, there's a lot of talk about, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're making a Josh Bell trade and you got to get a bullpen guy, you might as well hit the Nats up for, you know, for a second guy. Right. I mean, They've got three bullpen arms who, in my opinion, are on the block that can help teams between C-Sheck, Edwards Jr., and Finnegan. If you're making that trade, you, you know, it's it's like we're going into a Walmart, right? I mean, might as well get all your shopping done in the same place if you can, correct? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, but, yeah, that's why I always thought of attaching someone like a Kyle Finnegan to a Josh Bell because that three years of – I believe he has at least three years of control – and um, his numbers don't show it, but what he's been doing since taking over for Rainey with his increased velocity. I mean, the dude hit what a hundred the other day, I believe, or just under a hundred, and everyone was like, "Where's this been?" So he's been ramping up. The bullpen's been the one bright spot, the one somewhat consistent bright spot of the Nats all year long, especially over the last month. Yeah, and, and so uh, would you agree with C-Sheck and Edwards being the most likely yeah. guys to go? Because the thing about so the thing about C-Sheck and Edwards is that both of them are going to be free agents after the end of the season. So look, and here's the thing: uh, Edwards. Uh, uh, I think He's, I think Edwards is. So the reason Edwards had this thing in his contract because they call it was a minor league deal, and because they called him up so late, he gets next year on his contract. Okay, so spot tracks lying to me. Wow, that's really awful. I hate it when spot track lies to me. Yeah, um, so, so you get an extra year of him. Wow. Because I, I, the thing I was going to hope, I was like, man, could they could they trade him and have him out? You know, have a nice ending somewhere else, and then bring him back? Because I mean, here's the thing: like he actually mentioned like feeling some loyalty to the Nats because they gave him the chance, right? They gave mm-hmm. him the opportunity, and he was he's really open to the fact that he's you know that hey, if, if I have to go somewhere else to help out this team. I'm willing to because these guys these guys gave me the chance and and, and once again just to kind of close because I love watching him pitch yeah I think he's got really good stuff and 
You see that fastball is around 95 miles an hour. The curveball change up as well. That fastball this year, Max, teams are hitting 174 against the fastball. They're hitting 136 against the curveball. And they're hitting 217 against the changeup. I mean, this is a guy who's just really bringing it. And yeah, and the outings where he gets touched, he gets touched up pretty hard. But he's an aggressive guy. He goes after hitters. I love to watch him pitch. He actually kind of reminds me of Kyle Finnegan in some ways, right? A little bit of a different pitch mix, but Kyle Finnegan likes to go after dudes. And so doesn't always pay off, but they got two aggressive guys that you can stick in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, whatever you want in your pen. And I, I think that these guys can be difference makers on some playoff teams, which could in return get you something. So I think the Nats will be getting calls with those guys for sure. Agreed. Um, and I think they should be smart and pick up the phone. Yeah. Um, all right. Quick word from our sponsors here on the show. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Nile and BlueNile.com. Is Blue Nile anniversary sale? Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is issued, uh, is insured, excuse me, ships free and arrives in discreet packaging so it won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, Max, so we beat the Juan Soto stuff over the head, and you have a piece about uh, you know, about Juan Soto. We'll get to that in a little bit. I just want to get your thoughts. So, like, on the starting pitching side really fast, JoJo's safe. I don't think they move Corbin because, look, I, I'm not sure how you feel about this. I don't want to see them put Corbin in the Soto package to hurt the package. Eat the money. It. Eat the money, okay? Because here's the thing. Like, you're not going to be good the next two years anyway, right? You might as well eat the contract and get the better haul as opposed to mess up the hall for what two years of just having Corbin off the books. The only people that benefits is ownership, right? Also, also there's some on the team. It doesn't even affect them anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I don't think that happens. I think people, I think that's something that's been perpetuated. I know there's been reports of it out there, but if you think about team building and look, Mike, this is, you know, we know Mike Rizzo's coming back next year. We, we think we believe it sounds mm -hmm. like he is right. Um, why would he do that to himself? Right. Why would he put himself in a spot where, okay, we're not trying to win games, but thank God we we, we gotten ourselves off as mass contract. No, take the contracts to give yourself more options, the prospects that you get if you do the Soto trade, whatever. But I don't think they move him. Obviously, Strasburg's sitting there. Joe Ross, they can't move because he's injured. Uh, Eric Fetty, they could move. I don't think Anibal Sanchez has pitched enough. So out of the starters, do you agree the only guy you could see moving is um, is Eric Fetty, if they move anybody? Yeah, I yeah, I mean it won't happen. I mean maybe right. it's if, like I don't think they're gonna move any pitching. I mean, if I was a team with a very very strong advanced I don't know analytics department, I would take a chance on Fetty because he's a super buy low candidate. Plus, like he's shown it so many times. How many times does he get ahead o two one two and just nibbles and loses them? Right, a yeah. team with a much better pitching department than the Nats will be able to fix that in a heartbeat. Top of the Orioles. Uh, mm -hmm. All right. So then let's talk about the the teams uh, or the position players on the Nationals. Which ones do you think are safe? I said K. Bear Ruiz. I think I think Victor Robles is safe. And I think Luis Garcia is safe. I think anybody outside of those three, I could definitely see getting traded. Agreed. I mean, the rest, as we said earlier, I'll have one year left. Adrianza, Hernet Cesar, Mikel Franco, 
uh, Yadio Hernandez doesn't have one year left, but like he's 34, 34. multiple years of control left. You have if you you can't just be holding on to him because he has multiple years of control left and you don't think you'll get his value because he's 34 and he only have one or two productive years left. If you can get something for him, you should do it now. Yeah, now I mean, yeah, like now's the time. Unless you want to hang on to him and you're just like, all right, you know what? It, it, it it's cheap and it fills a need, right? I mean, at the bare minimum next year, it can be a fourth outfielder for you, so it kind of takes care of a position. But I, I don't think that's a reason to do it. You've got young guys coming down the pike. That you guys, you know, you can use for that. And then obviously, I think the most likely, I mean, the guy who's, you know, I, I put it about ninety ten percentage he gets traded. I think it's probably even higher than this. Josh Bell is is gone, gone. gone. I, I, that's why I put I put ninety ten. On the split, because you never say never right in this business. We mm-hmm. know how things are go; they can be crazy. Um, I would say Nelson Cruz is like seventy five, twenty five, right? He's been hurting his value, man. It's annoying. yeah, he's been sucking. I mean, double play machine, absolute double play machine. Yeah, so is Josh Bell, but at least Josh Bell's sitting over three hundred. Nelson Cruz, what are you doing, man? Right, right. Um, all right, let's get to Soto then. So, so you had a piece. Okay. You had a piece last night uh, you put over this morning that came out. It was about Washington Nationals, MLB exact same, 13 possible Juan Soto trade deadlines. Talk about the piece and Mark Feinzen, uh, what he found, and just kind of your thoughts on on the variations, variance, okay. I should say, and the thought about where Juan Soto might go. So on MLB.com, Mark Feinstein, uh, he went and he pulled 17 anonymous MLB executives and asked them where he thinks Soto might land if traded at the deadline. And the poll was very interesting because it, the execs came up with 13 different teams. So I'll go over, over the teams real quick. Padres had the most votes with eight. Dodgers had seven. Cardinals had three. Mariners had three. The Mets had three. The Rays had three. Yankees, three. Giants, two. And then the Blue Jays, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Rangers, and the Red Sox all had one. So the big question here is, like, how many of these teams could actually afford him? Yeah, that's what I wrote about. (laughs) So I went team by team in my article, just about, like, a quick paragraph or two about, like, my thoughts on it. Because off the top of my head, the teams that surprised me the most being on that list for different reasons were the Cubs, Rangers, Red Sox, Brewers, Rays, Giants, and Blue Jays. The Brewers and Rays are smaller market teams, and will they be able to pay his rising arbitration costs? Um, that's a big question mark. Boston. Well, also, big- I mean, I mean, the Rays just signed up Wander Franco, yeah, right? So we I don't all know. know we all know once they sign a contract, they immediately look to cut money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that's that's what they do. The Cubs, I, I just, I don't see it. They're the same as the Nets. The Rangers, no, they're spending too much money. I mean, there's no way they can build a team outside of that, mm-hmm. and. And here's the thing is like, okay, fine. You want to build around three stars. Simeon and Seager aren't playing like stars this year, right? So really, really how, how, you know, how good is that core if those guys aren't playing well enough and you try to build around them? So no, I don't see that one. Red Sox are sellers. So I don't see them going and buying one Soto. And they have two massive free agents that they have to worry about of their own. Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers. And I think they're going to choose one. I think a lot of us believe it's probably going to be Rafael Devers, right? So, you know, so would they decision, younger, right? Right. Would you go and go with the Soto deal there? No, I, I don't think so. Look, I think a lot of people believe the Padres have, have the, the means to get it done. You know, I wonder about the Dodgers because the thing about the Dodgers, Max, is that they rarely, rarely do they make the big one. I mean, like think about this last year, you know, they were able to make that 
that trade for Max and Trey. Think about the two top guys, right? K. Bear Ruiz blocked by Will Smith, surplus, right? Yep. Josiah Gray pitching the major leagues a little bit. You know, K. Bear was playing a little bit too, but blocked. I mean, look, think about this like Tony Gonsolin, right? Uh, they, they've got tons and tons of pitching there, whether it be guys they signed, whether it be guys they brought up through the ranks. I mean, they can trade a guy like Josiah Gray, and obviously, that of a Casey and Hardo Carrillo are two guys who are further down the line for them. Do you think that they make another one again? Because Trey's coming. I mean, they, look, they have to take care of a lot of these guys. That's kind of the deal, you know? And I mean, they, they got a lot of guys coming up. Do you think they make the trade um, and just completely raid that farm system? Or do you think they kind of keep the Dodger model? Say, you know, they, they go and get big guys. They'll make, uh, they'll make some trades, right? Um, but, you know, they, they kind of bring up guys and they get stars. I, I think that, you know, I think Jeff from uh, Locked on Dodgers made the point. Like, they don't make the big one all the time, right? And by the big one, I mean the guy they trade for, they get, and they keep. And I have been that in the past, but I don't Mookie. think this is – I don't think Mookie, right? I don't think this is the moment for another Mookie, do you? I, I don't I – don't, I think this team is really well built. I'm not sure I want to um, – I'm not sure I want to I make this invest because Trey's going away, right? That's a guy we know for sure is going away. We'll see what young guys they can keep. I'm not sure if Soto is the deal they have to make. For that, that reason – I think they may is some of their homegrown stars are like regressing due to injuries or like Justin Turner, no longer what he was. Max Muncy is hitting under 200 and Cody Bellinger. Like he's just a shell. Those are three guys that like you really built your whole core around and yes, they helped you win a ring, but now like, I don't know if they're going to be long-term pieces and Trey Turner, you're probably going to lose in free agency, which is fine. They don't want to pay him what he's, what he's asking for, which is understandable. Nats went for it through it and i understand the dodgers not wanting to raid the farm system because the nats are also going to ask for young pieces like a dustin may or a gavin lux or both but maybe they do it because as i said all the regressing parts and yeah. they know some yeah. of the other teams are like rising also do they pull the trigger if it means if it keeps the padres from getting them yeah, I, I think it's a fair point. You know, and I, th I think you know, you talking to me, I, I I might be wrong about this, but I just I felt like Jeff's point was, you know, this is a team that is always so well built, mm -hmm. which is their best their best strategy, and the Nats would not be taking any of those guys you just mentioned who aren't playing well, right? They'd no. be taking the good young guys. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, they want Dustin May, obviously. Um, I don't know, you know, if, I doubt they doubt they want to give away, give up uh, Gavin Lux, but you know, Diego Cartaya is there. Bobby Miller is there, but there's not a lot of top of the line pitching um, in the Dodgers farm system per se. Only one of their top five prospects is a pitcher. So I think it's just really interesting about the, the hall. The Padres to me are the ones who have the best, the best stuff, if you will, to make this happen. I, I, in my opinion, do you disagree? Yeah, um, I'll let you explain why. But I think part of the big reason was last night with Mackenzie Gore getting hurt and who knows mm. how long he's going to be out because that was a massive piece that they could have offered and yeah. now they can't. Yeah, yes. That is, yeah, obviously that puts a big a big wrench in things. Um, yeah, and look, it's not like their farm system is stacked with pitchers either. I mean, that's a guy who's at the major league level, Mackenzie Gore, and they have, they have to give him up. So I think this is... I think it's very interesting uh, which way it's going to go. This is the this is the hard part, right? It's like hard look at these farm systems and be like, that's that's commensurate value. That that's that is good enough value. That's the really challenging part with all of this because mm -hmm. it feels like whoever you look at, 
you're just not going to get whatever the guy is worth. I think the Yankees have a good chance too. I mean, it depends on, you know, Cardinals. what they want to give Cardinals have a chance to um, final question for you here. Do you think he gets moved at this deadline? I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I, th- I, I think they, I think the most likely scenario is they get new ownership. They give it one more shot and they try to build that relationship. And then we see what happens from there. But the same, I mean, I don't, but I, I really am hoping that at the last second, a team gets desperate and just finally caves and meets their asking demands. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I think for the nationals, like there's no rush on this. He doesn't lose value for being on the team until this summer. Right. There's really no loss in value, in my opinion. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Max Raymond District on deck. Uh, where can people find you and your work in all of its variety? Uh, check us out, districtondeck.com. I'm actually working on another Juan Soto piece, writing about if the Nats were to trade them, the trade packages they should be asking for, not asking for, demanding, because there is no conversation on this one. It's either you meet our demands or you don't. So I'm working on that. That'll be out in a day or two. Um, follow me on Twitter at Maximum Raymond. Talk everything DC sports. And man, once again, thanks for having me back on. Appreciate you, Max Raymond, District on Deck. And one more quick word from our sponsor before we get out of here. Today's show is brought to you by Sports Card Investor. Looking for a new way to get in on the sports action or just another way to invest, use your money a little bit. Sports Card Investor is the best place to go. You guys can look at the card price for breakout stars, prospects, debuting guys like Adley, Adley Rushman, Jeremy Pena, Cabert Ruiz, Josiah Gray, and more. Download the Sports Card Investor app today, available free in the Google Play and the App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. Max Raymond, we appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Thanks. Nice.